Welcome, Biatches, to the Go for, <laughs> <laughs> the Go for League podcast. Uh, I'm here once again with my co-host, Chris. Uh, some of you may call him Mr. Rober. We're, we've been away for quite a while. It's a little over a month now since we've taped one of these, but we're back. Uh, I think the chemistry might struggle, but we are here to do our best. We have a jam-packed show for you tonight, today, what t- this afternoon, depending upon when you're listening. Um, the time zone. Yeah, I mean, the spending time, zone time worldwide zone. with yeah. listeners. Right, right. That is good point. Good point. Um, some of our Asian listeners might be getting this <laughs> submitted in you know the wee hours of the morning when we put this up on on the airwaves. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So sit back and enjoy. We've got a great show ahead for you. I think before we get into that, um, Chris, how are you doing? I, I skipped over that part. How how was your holiday? Yeah, my holiday was great. Uh, spent some time with the family. Got myself a ukulele. Uh, oh, Melakaliki Maka. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, overall, it was good. How about yourself? Nice. No, I uh, had a nice nice holiday as well. Um, pretty laid back. Didn't do much of the, the gathering with the Trouts this year. Just a, a Zoom call on Christmas Eve. Um Woke up early Christmas Day. Very excited for Santa Claus. Um, but yeah, didn't, didn't do too much. Just kind of hung out around Milwaukee, threw the football around with uh, two of our loyal listeners, and uh, uh, I guess threw, threw a football over a fence to my, my co-host here. Yeah, fun times. And, and, you know, I mean, Christmas came early. For, well, I guess came late for me as the uh, back-to-back champion, self-proclaimed back-to-back champion now, it, it feels good. Right, right. So also, I think I could stake claim, to, not not back-to-back, but I could stake claim to the, the championship. A this co-champion? Year. You a want co-champion. to be a co-champion? I think, yeah, I think, yeah, you, Corey, and I are all, we're, we're, it's a three-way co-championship. Um, okay. We should probably provide everybody our Venmo's then for them to send the money. But right. Just split that down the middle. Um, and, or I guess not really down the middle, split it three ways and send that <laughs> over. Um, I will say though, before we get into our next segment and this will come up later on in the podcast, I'm very sorry to, to Galen, that devastation had to be, uh, that was brutal. I think I was very sad not to make it to the championship. Not very sad, but I was, I was disappointed. Um, but what happened last night that was just that was tough to watch. Um, so With the hands Galen, of the Patriots yeah. can't trust the twenty twenty Patriots. Galen, keep your head up. Um, great things to come next year out of you. All right, Chris, do you have anything else to give to our listeners here, or should we? Uh, oh wait, I got one other thing. This podcast is dedicated to Caesar Palace. R.I.P. All right, moving Wait, on. Actually, sorry. yeah, well, not nah, he didn't die, but he actually he quit the band. It was a very very sad week for me last week. Jeez, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Milwaukee legend. I know it's uh, it was it was devastating news. Um, happy for him that it sounds like he's going to be happier outside of the band. Um, but very very sad. A Milwaukee icon 
um, has moved on, and now I'm trying to move on. So, yeah, Caesar Palace, this one's, uh, this one's for you, buddy. All right. Segment number two, you know, you've come to know them and love them. Uh, these are advice columns. So we've been away for a month, and just because we haven't been podcasting doesn't mean the letters have stopped rolling in. We've gotten tons and tons of letters that have been sent our way in the past month. And due to time and constraints, we won't go through the thousands of them. But we did pick one that we thought would be you know, relevant to our listener base. Um, and we just we wanted to get back to this, this writer. So um, <clears throat> this, uh, this column comes in from Kerber Corey, uh, a devoted listener. And uh, he's seeking our advice, Chris. So sit back and, uh, and listen, think carefully on this one, all right? All right. All right, so title of the, the letter that uh, Kerber wrote in. My son keeps stealing my flavored condoms. Uh-huh. Yeah. He thinks they're candy and trades them <laughs> for his friend's lunches at school. All right, now we read in. All right. Dear Chris that was and Matt. the title. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite the title. So, dear Chris and Matt, my husband and I used fl- or use flavored protection, not because we particularly enjoy it, but because it's the only kind our local library gives out. <laughs> Recently, <laughs> uh, why else would you go to a library? <laughs> certainly not to read. Who likes books? Not me. Recently, <clears throat> I found our 11-year-old son with one of our condoms in his mouth. Internally, I freaked out, but I calmed myself down and explained to him that condoms are not candy. Apparently, he took a liking to them because he got into our stash again and took an ungodly number. Wow. This kid is persistent. Also, a lot of tax dollars going into those uh, that yeah. stash, apparently, an ungodly number. All right. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> All right. So I proceeded to hide the condoms and reprimand my son. I thought that was the end of that. But about a week later, I received an email from the mom of one of George's friends telling me that George had been trading flavored condoms for food items at lunchtime. At lunchtime. <laughs> Now, I want to put an end to this behavior, but I don't want to pour cold water on my son's entrepreneurial spirit. What should I do? Signed, Flavored Fiasco, a.k.a. Kerber Corey. Chris, do you All want right. to this one? Yeah, that's a great question, and I love uh, where everybody's coming from. It's interesting uh, takes. That she that Kerber Corey provided. So I guess a couple of questions. One, Portland it seems like uh, has a different library than I'm used to, but it's all about safe sex. So good for them. Um, two, safe and flavorful. Yeah. Two. I don't think you can fault your your uh, your son for you know being curious, finding a stash of f- flavorful uh, treats and. And trying to, you know, do what they're intended for, which is taste them. <laughs> uh, 
And to the point, anyways, all that's to say, I mean, I think you've done what you should. You reprimand them, tell them, no, these aren't, this isn't candy. You don't want your son to choke on it. But to the part of the entrepreneurial spirit, I mean, you make a really good point. He's just trying to make a successful business venture. And uh, I mean, you kind of got yourself into this mess. With that said, I would encourage uh, your son to, you know, sell different flavored candies that are actually edible and keep his business thriving through that and maybe take off the condoms from the menu. Uh, but interesting question. Curious what you have to say, Matt. Uh, yeah, no, great uh, great take there, Chris. I appreciate it. And I know Herbert Corey appreciates that, uh, that insight. <clears throat> now, this might be, I just came up with this one now, this might be a, an alt or a controversial opinion, but let's say we encourage George to continue bartering at school, right? But what does he do? Maybe he takes those to the high school. He doesn't stay. He's 11 years old, so he's probably in grade school. He's only changed, trading for lunch items right now, right? What if we encourage the son to take these to the high school, sell them for real dollars, and then you know what? Mom and dad aren't buying their con- or aren't receiving their condoms at the library anymore. And and mom and uh, Portland City will just have a few less teen pregnancies in the high school too. That's right. That's right. I think everyone is a winner in that scenario. Now, also that sets up George for that sets up George to develop the skills necessary for when he's older to run a thriving business. So encourage that entrepreneurial spirit, uh, maybe regulate the situation, regulate this business a little bit, tell George how he can and cannot um, operate. Wow. You uh, want, you want, George to already experience regulation and government uh, mingling with uh, with people's businesses. That's not very free market of you. Oh, Chris, this is Portland. Liberal <laughs> city. Um, all right. So uh, real advice, hide your condoms where your kid can't find them. All right. <laughs> all right. Next segment. All right. Uh, so that, that moves us on to our, our third segment here. And this will be a quick one, um, but it's really important. So we're, we're on, what, our 13th episode here, I think? Uh, final lucky, season. Lucky number 13. Yeah, lucky number 13. And obviously, most important to us are our listeners, right? We couldn't have done it without the thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, millions of you from all over the world. Um, so one, we want to thank you guys for your your consistent listening and for the, the letters that you write in, the feedback that you provide, we, we love it. Um, in addition to that, we need to thank our sponsors. Uh, they've been very oh, supportive, yep, very supportive to us um, through our 13 episodes, our inaugural season here, uh, really supporting us financially. Um, and so I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, our sponsors. So uh, our first sponsor, big donors, Blockbuster. Always a big fan of Blockbuster. Yep. Continue to support us even through their troubled times. Um, Radio Shack. Radio Shack, another one. Yep. Toys R Us. Uh, Great one. Thank you. And uh, last but not least, Sears. Sears. Oh, okay. Was Circuit City not a sponsor? I thought they made it in there. You're right. I I forgot to write them down. They they started sponsoring us mid-season. Circuit City, a special thank you to you guys as well. And last but not least, 
uh, a thank you to our sister podcasts. Again, couldn't have done it without you. Your consistency yeah, really, really helped get the network out there, build the audience in our inaugural season. It was, it was important. A lot of great feedback from part of my take, Joe Rogan podcast, Matthew Berry, fantasy football, uh, the NPR podcast for our non-sports related ah, yes. topics. Um, yeah. Been really helpful to us. Chris, am I missing any? Do you have any off offhand? Uh, no, I think you covered it. All right. Um, so yeah, special thank you to our sponsors, our fans, and our sister podcasts. Uh, it's been a great season, and uh, we are excited for season two next year. Um, but before we get to season two, we've got a few more segments for you in 2020. All right. That brings us to our championship recap. Chris, do you want to start us out here? Yeah. I mean, like I had already said, congrats to you, uh, myself, and Corey on the three-way tie. Um, yep. But also, as you already touched on, heart goes out to Galen. You know, he battled all year of just rotten luck. And thankfully for our, our rule change, otherwise we wouldn't even have the opportunity to play in the playoffs and uh, hand me a, a half L in the first round. Otherwise, I would have uh, had the full right championship this year. But anyways, I digress. Galen, you got rotten luck all year, sneaks into the playoffs, performs admirably, really wins it um, yesterday, you know, in the championship week, only for Corey, Stefan Diggs, uh, the Bills and the New England Patriots all to work together harmoniously to uh, kind of screw Galen out of his first championship and his second year in the league. Uh, with that said, I think hat goes out to Galen, just the team improvement, the overall managerial improvement, the the um, participation in the league, every, every, it was just night and day. I'm trying to think of another franchise that uh, had a similar progression of growth and i don't i can't really think of anybody that comes to mind i mean maybe the dolphins in this year is the equivalent of galen but galen outperformed the dolphins uh but really great season to galen great season to Corey. Corey, uh i don't know what you winning the championship means about my attempts at kicking you out of the league but uh i'll, I'll you know come the new year when the the conversation comes up as always. I'll, I'll remember to forget about your championship here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the biggest. I'm not going to. This isn't my takeaway. This isn't the next segment. But I would say one of the big takeaways from this championship is for what, three to four years now, Chris has actively worked to kick Corey out of the league. And now Corey is our champion. Can it be done? I don't think you can kick him out anymore, Chris. I, think I mean, without setting his lineup for like four weeks, too. That is also incredible. Four to five weeks in a row. Without not, a starting running back. He just kept winning. What does that show? How good Corey is or how pathetic we are? Or both? Yeah, I think the latter. But Honored to be a co-champion with you, Corey. Um, yeah, no... Again, like you said, heart goes out to Gail, and that, that was just really sad last night uh, watching Stefan Diggs. I mean, sad. I feel sad for you in this Stefan Diggs uh, ridiculous night. Um, but like Chris said, great member of the league, great season. Uh, you had a lot of tough breaks this year. The team was 
incredibly solid. Obviously, you got second place. Um, I would say my one, the one questionable start might have been Baker Mayfield over Russell Wilson in the championship. Uh, but Baker was playing well, so who knows? Um, Against the Jets, too. Yeah, it, the thing about losing all the receivers though was a little shaky. Yeah. The the COVID receivers, but yeah. Galen, uh, congrats on a great season. Uh, it seems like you're taking the the second place well, which is good because you did a great job. So Corey, also congrats to you. Uh, I'm excited to see how Chris, how Chris, how you're able to spin this in the future in attempts to kick Corey out of the league, how you're able to spin this whole championship yeah. thing. I'm just excited well, to see your mind. Give away my, right. right. I was going to say, I'm excited to see your mind at work with that one. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to give away talented. my secret sauce right now, but yeah. uh, definitely we'll find a way. When there's a will, there's a way. Perfect. That's what we like to hear. All right. So uh, good job to both of you guys. That's our championship recap. <clears throat> And that brings us to our next segment, which is the season takeaway. What's each one of us has a, a takeaway from from the season? What was one big thing that we learned this year, or you know, one one thing that stuck with us um, now that the twenty twenty fantasy campaign is complete? Chris, did you want to start, or should I? Yeah, I, I can start. I have uh, I have two takeaways, and I know. I'm only supposed to have one. One will be a quick takeaway. One will be a little more in-depth. And going into the season, thinking about COVID, thinking about all the other dynamics at play, I thought depth, you know, it's going to be critical this year. And because of that, I wanted to go away from one of my typical strategies of going very running back heavy, um, just because you, you get a running back injury plus COVID. Who knows how that was going to play out? I thought, thought there was a chance running backs were going to work out. Um, in hindsight, I think that was mostly right. When you look at the teams, I think Derrick Henry was, uh, probably the best, uh, star running back, top five, top 10 running back for the whole. Kamara obviously did really well, but it was a little more sporadic and whatnot. But really the the takeaway was on my team, you you can win going running back heavy and you can win going wide receiver heavy. This was obviously my, my rockiest season I've had in a while and probably one of my least less dominant seasons, but my team was really, uh, really cruising. And um, that was on the backs of barely holding together running backs and stud wide receivers and a solid tight end. So point point being, there's a lot of ways to create a winning roster. And I don't think, running back is the only answer to it. Fair enough. I, uh, actually that's not my takeaway, but I did think about that. If I like think through the teams that went running back heavy versus what won the championship and what I think lost the championship, like the two teams that were in the championship were just driven by receivers. And in Corey's case, also tight end, um, so I, I agree. I think the other thing about running backs too is like Corey had two good ones and I don't even know if those were drafted running backs or if those were picked up in free agency. Right. Yep. I mean, Barkley was his top pick. Yeah. I bet you he drafted Gibson, but I don't know about yeah, that. He did. He did at a high price. I was trying to get him. Mm. No running backs. 
I recall. All right, what was your other one? Yeah, my other one is just, I think we got a lot of flack from our power rankings here um, at the Gopher League podcast, but you go... From who? Just, you know, a few few different sources. David's one of them. Um, But in the end, it all... I think we're pretty spot on, to be honest. I kept touting my team should be in the top six. Uh, We kept touting David wasn't the top team. It was Galen and then eventually Corey. Um, And you were obviously always in the top six. Ryan was always in the top six. And then we had a bunch of stragglers at the end. And I think the only person that I'll admit I was completely wrong on was Will um, from the get-go. But overall, I think we, we did a great job. So hats off to you and me. <laughs> yeah, hats off indeed. Uh, we we do good work here at the Gopher League podcast, um, and we're not going to let any disgruntled listeners tell us otherwise. Um, that's why we turn off the social media, right? We don't have Twitters here at the Gopher League podcast. We barely have Instagrams. Uh, we are, you know, 60-year-olds when it comes to social media, utilizing Facebook and Snapchat primarily. Um, so that we can block out the noise, right? We don't want to hear all that negative feedback um, from a small subset of our our audience base. So that's why we we lock it down. Um, but yeah, great great takeaways, Chris. I agree. Our our rankings were pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So my my takeaway. So this is the year of of COVID, right? And beginning of the year, we're still locked down, but beginning of the year, the, the lockdowns for COVID were, you know, much more strict, right? People were growing quarantine, facial hair. Uh, you and I are examples of that. Yep. Uh, not getting haircuts, kind of living that, um, I don't know, rogue life, if you will, I guess. Uh, kind of feel like you're living under a rock. And then once summer came around, right? That kind of started to change a little bit. Uh, speaking for myself, I, I cleaned up my act a little bit. You know, I got a haircut uh, for the first time in months and months and months. Shaved for the first time in, in months. Um, really cleaned up my act, right? Yeah. Now, I think you did the same, if I yeah. if I recall. Now, two, the two members of our championship, right? Bearded and mustached men. Oh, right? wow. Yep. Galen and Corey. Now, in their defense, not in their defense, I'm just saying they wear it much better than we do. Uh, so it made sense for them to keep it, right? But I think COVID and fantasy football work together to make this the year of the beard and mustache. And that is why those two teams made it to the championship game and we did not, right? Yep. Had, had we had we had more self confidence, Chris, through the summer and kept our facial hair through the end of this fantasy football season, you and I could be talking right now about how we were in the championship game. But I think we quit too early on, you know, the the, the facial hair trend um, that ultimately propelled David or not David, sorry. My bad, David. Didn't mean to. That wasn't actually a joke in your at your extent. Um, <laughs> that propelled Galen and Corey to the championship, and Corey to the the ultimate uh, victory. So that is my season takeaway. 
But I mean, it's a great point. Never even thought about it. Uh, no arguments here. Seems logical that you can't argue with uh, correlation equals causation. Yep. Yep. Agreed. All right. So I think into our last segment. And now, just to kind of let people in on this, on how we thought about this. So one of our mainstays on this podcast, we do a power ranking each week. And, you know, typically that has been a power rankings of team strength, right? Um, one week we did a power ranking more or less on how much we enjoy you guys, which was a lot of fun. I think went over okay with, with the audience. So this, this time around, seeing as how the championship or the, the season is over, first through 12th is in the books. We're going to do a way too early power rankings for 2021. Now, NFL, college basketball, uh, college football, every time a season ends, right? The next day, ESPN, any name your favorite sports uh, publication will put out a way too early top 25, way too early power rankings based on the relative strength of what that team has coming back next season. Now, what's unique with fantasy football is we have no idea what's coming back next season. So this is has nothing to do with what our teams look like now. But we're still going to do a way too early power rankings for 2021. All right, Chris, I'll go first. All righty. All right, so coming in at 12, we have a strong, a strong contender. Um, he got fourth place this year, worked really hard. Um, I just don't see this team, though, uh, finding success in the 2021 campaign. Um, after a demoralizing championship uh, or a playoff collapse, um, put up a good fight in the third place game. It's it's just tough to see this team continuing to ascend in 2021. Um, so for that reason, we we uh, agreed to have our good pal David at uh, at number 12. You know, we hope for good things next year, but. Yeah. We just got to see it first, right? Yeah. Got to. I it. think he's this. This team has just gone through too many uh, heartache, too many, too too many fails, so to speak, in uh, the playoffs, and they're probably in need of coaching change at this point. But. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see what that team does in the off season at the head coach position, um, and and at the GM too, right? Oh, yeah. You got to you got to really evaluate it at all angles, yeah. but we'll see. All right. Um, at number 11, uh, we got Wilmo. You know, I think this year there was a lot of jokes made about, oh, drafting Gronk. Oh, why'd you spend so much money on Gronk? Well, guess what? Best part about that draft is Gronk ended up pretty decent, especially towards the end. Unfortunately, this team cut bait too soon, traded away one of their key assets too soon for nothing, just sent him to free agency and, uh, Another another team swept up, and I think that's just um, characteristic of this team after a few years now. And uh, uh, love to see this, this team make it in the playoffs, but not not certain, not so certain that it's in the cards in twenty twenty one. Got it. Yep. No uh, no arguments there. We'll see where twenty twenty one takes that team. All right, number ten. This is a champion, former champion. Um, 
had an okay year this year, almost made the playoffs. It's uh, it's Eric. I think you know we've we've seen the ups, we've seen a lot of downs, but who knows? We're, we're I don't have much to go off of with this team for 2021, but history has shown you know sometimes he's able to get lucky, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> um, All right. So good luck, good luck to Eric in 21. Uh, number nine, you know, really, this team's probably too high. Probably should be closer to that 11-12 range, but this is Wes. Uh, every year, full of excuses every year, his team underperforms supposedly only in this league. Uh, but the evidence says otherwise. Uh, you know, I've really just never seen anything to suggest that this is a good team. Gotcha. All right, coming in at number eight, we have uh, Will French. Now, we look forward to whatever draft strategy he comes with next year. Maybe I'm going to say he's coming in hot at receiver next mm. year, and we'll see if that pays off or if that's you know one year behind the, behind the eight ball, so to speak, seeing as how Corey rode receivers to the championship. But – Interested to see what this team does in the draft next year. I think inevitably it will be, you know, maybe there'll be some high points, but I don't see those high points carrying on um, later into the season, but who knows? I could be wrong. Other than when this team plays Chris, well, right? when he, other than when we play, well, that's when the team will perform. Matt, but other than that, in the, in the past two years, my record is three and one against him. So I'm going to have to put the, our, our fact checker on that one, Johnny. Can you uh, can you check the stats for me? Uh, sure, I'll get back to you. <laughs> uh, good stuff. <laughs> All right, moving moving on to seven. Seven, we got the father of the league, Nick. Um, you know, he's always been. I feel like smack dab in the middle. Well, we'll see if he can draft the same team he drafted last year and this year. With headed by uh, McCaffrey and Mahomes, and you know there's a good chance if those two hit that he might have a great team again. So we'll see, but usually in the middle. Yep, no arguments there. Uh, coming in six, we have our current champion Corey. Now I, I would say this year is definitely yeah. yeah co- sorry, co-champion. There's no doubt this year is an outlier. I mean, obviously he rode the outlier to the championship, but typically when you have a a team that you know doesn't isn't very active on the waiver wire or in trades, it just typically catches up with you as the season goes on. I think we've historically seen that with this team. This year that did not happen, and the team was pretty dominant over the last you know six or so weeks of the season. I just can't see that reasonably continuing and happening again now somehow some way and i've talked about this many many times this team always beats me beat me three times this year which means the team's not ever absolutely horrible right it's usually middle of the pack and that's what i expect for this team again next season great um moving on to five we have ross you know ross i always give him crap here mr excuse himself but last year, I felt like a lot of unfair excuses constantly. Oh, I should have started this guy. Oh, if I didn't listen to Wilmo, I would have played this guy. You know, the usual kind of stuff. But this year, his team was absolutely riddled with injuries. 
And uh, when he got healthy, he had a good team, no doubt about that. And I think you look back, unless he's got Will's luck, who always gets injured, um, I think this team's going to break through and make the playoffs. I'm calling it now. I'm going to go to Vegas and put some money down on Ross. Nice. Are you going to Caesars Palace for that one to put that money down? Nice. Shout out to Caesar. Um, Yeah, no, no disagreements there. Tough, tough year for Ross. Help me out. But um, great pick with James Robinson for a buck. That was probably pick of the draft. All right. Coming in at four, we have our commissioner, Ryan, uh, always has a solid team and active member of the league on the waiver wire, trades, all that good stuff. Um, so I think, you know, he definitely deserves to be in the top upper echelon of the the power rankings for 2021. We'll see if he's able to get that secret sauce, work a little magic and get some star power next year and kind of push his way higher up in the, uh, I don't know, to the upper echelon of the league and win a championship. Yeah. Um, moving on to number three, we have Galen, you know, I just don't see much term turnover this year um, with Galen's team. And again, it was a great team that really should have won the championship. So it's tough to see this team not coming right back next year and making it to the playoffs. See if he can't cause any ruckus in the playoffs and pull it out next year. But uh, we already talked about it. Just rapid improvement from the year prior. And who knows, this team's probably going to be a three P champion in a few years from now. Yep, very well could be. Great season for Galen. I see good things coming for him again in 2020. I, for one, will be drafting two kicks. Absolutely. All right. And then, uh, so this is, other than 12, I don't know if we had a spot on our, uh, three and 12 were the only other two rankings where we had complete consensus on, um, you know, where, people are going to show up in 2021 in our power rankings between the two of us. Uh, I would say what we have next was definitely where we were most confident, uh, most confidently agreeing between the two of us. And that is a tie for first place between Chris and I, Um, like we said, co-champions this year. Yeah. History has shown success. Um, Really all, all things in the future point to uh, continue that, that trend continuing yep. right into 2021 and uh, we just, when we, when we put our heads together and we trust us, we, we thought long and hard about no bias this, right? podcast. We already talked about our rankings being spot on. So. Right. That's right. We thought long and hard and we couldn't think of much, you know, if, if, if anything, right. That would have prevented this ranking from, you know, going down this way. Um, there's just nothing really on the horizon in 2021 that would, you know, negatively impact. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you think about sports dynasties, you think about the Patriots, the, the 60s Celtics and the Lakers and, and whatnot. I mean, yeah, when, when you, when you look at the championships in the Gopher league and you only look at championships won by active, uh, players, every single championship has been won by you and I, except one counting this year with our co-champion. I mean, every single one, as we, you or I have won it. So no doubt we'll be right back there at the top, probably playing each other for another 
mother title, um, knocking out Galen and Corey in the semis or something along those lines and looking forward to it. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I see uh, coming down the barrel. So, yeah, I think that's what we had. I, I believe we're out of segments for, for tonight. And for 2020. And for 2020. With that being said, thank you to our loyal listeners. It's been a great inaugural podcast season. Congrats to Corey. Congrats to Galen. Um, happy New Year. Thanks for joining. Chris, I'm going to go do some puzzling. What are you up to? I'm going to go back to work. Oh. Quick takeaway, the other one a little more uh, to it. But, you know, you think about the season, COVID season, coming into it during the draft, I, you know, I didn't intentionally go away from um, Chris is going to play a uh, no, special, work, <laughs> a special uh, Chris is going to play us a special ukulele lay that he learned from Pat Stevens in the bloopers. So look forward. Oh, you should be listening to it right now. I am looking forward to it. All right. Sounds good.